Welcome back to the show, guys. Damn, I think my voice just cracked. I'm sorry. I am hyped. That conversation that we just recorded was amazing, and it made me just so excited to have this podcast and just very energized that this is what I'm doing with my life, and I hope that you guys are enjoying it on the other side. We're getting your feedback, and uh, let me tell you, thank you so much, and I hope that we continue to go forward with great content for you guys to listen to, but my guest today he is one of the most uh intellectual people that i have ever interacted with he is very smart very well spoken and he's also quite a humorous lad let me tell you he made me laugh more than i think any other guest on the show has made me laugh but we also got pretty serious with some of our topics so it was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, but nonetheless, a great time, let me tell you. So without further ado, please welcome the talented Mr. Caleb Chu. Yeah, com- I, I, I completely deleted Twitter. Yep. I completely deleted it. <laughs> and the other day I was like, fucking, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll go back on for a quick second. Yeah. Three like thumb swipes and it was like that Done. meme where you're walking the door and turn around immediately <laughs> and walk out <laughs> immediately uh, uh, all right we're rolling we are live we are how you doing man good yeah how's life how's uh life with uh corona and everything going you know on? not well i mean terrible obviously yeah. objectively from a societal standpoint but at least I don't have, well, no, you have it a little bit, but like the every night going to, or every morning waking up with like a dry throat and going, oh shit, that's yeah. it, it's done for. <laughs> and then, then like an hour later having a glass of water and being like, oh, all right, I'm fine, I'm great. And then that night being like, no, wait, here it is. And so just that on repeat for like the first few months sucked because I'm like, I'm not a germaphobe, but diseases scare me i had mono like two years ago and it really messed me up and ever since then i've been like so i was really paranoid for a while i still moderately am but a little bit less which is probably not good because i think like two days ago was like the most covid cases in a single day we ever had in the country which is think about that listening audience that's grim (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I also As we think... laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you could do uh, with so many macabre things, really, is yeah. just laugh through it. I mean, it's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> the sun will join the earth in a million years, <laughs> and everything we've built up for the last <sighs> 2,000 years of civilization, your 90 years of life will be forgotten. <laughs> Which, when I think about, uh, you know, I'm laughing now, but like, if I was to go home in bed and be like, You'll do something. You'll you'll live if you're lucky, eighty years, and you'll try your hardest to create a legacy and be remembered. But it won't be <laughs> in the long run. No. And you're like, oh, like just think about you know, like the Colosseum just gone. Top. From everything though, right? Colosseum yeah. was Mother Nature, mm-hmm. and I mean, also for there, I have no clue. Rome was burnt down after a while Mm -hmm. well yeah europe's had to go through like two world wars and so shit's been bombed over there for generations stuff's got hit but then they have to restore it it's just 
I don't know. Yeah. Boy, I, I brought the beginning of this podcast to a dark place. I don't know how we're going to crawl out of this cave. <laughs> oh, shit. It made me laugh, though. That's good. Oh, my God. We're going to get canceled for making fun of people with coronavirus. <laughs> no, I feel that, though. Like, I literally, I remember starting off, um, like, just when everything started and having coming home from college when uh-huh. they kicked us out and uh-huh. then having classes, I had that. I'd woke up one day and it was like right when allergies were starting yeah. and I'm like, one of my tonsils feels like it's mm-hmm. big. And I was like going, I'm like feeling guilty walking through my house, not uh-huh. telling my family that I think I have a sore throat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like every, like the web MD, I just have to like make a code with myself like years ago. Just don't, don't Google search symptoms because you'll find one. Like I'm like, uh, face tingling COVID symptom question mark yeah. or you know uh, fingernails growing slightly quicker than normal <laughs> COVID-19 question mark and then uh. you'll just find anything to like connect you to some heinous disease <laughs> as Trevor's pulling up memes <laughs> of the goddamn computer <laughs> Uh, uh, small <laughs> headache or brain cancer. cancer. It's crazy though, is because people are fucking cancer. sheep, so they'll see that stuff oh. and they'll be like, "Oh my god, I have I'm this rare disease." Well, I had so this is so good. One of my one of my great friends, Jack. I lived with him at UVM. He was like the walking plague man. He got the fucking scarlet fever last year. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> It's a medieval disease. (laughs) (laughs) And so we literally, my entire friend group was like, no, what? He went to the doctor, came back evidently. So thankfully, one of our friends, Caitlin's mom, is like, no, no, no. Get those pictures out of here, Trevor. That's nightmare (laughs) fuel. He's pulling up pictures of what it looks like. (laughs) They, one of my, my, my friend's mom was a nurse and she was like, oh, scarlet fever can happen if you have strep throat and you don't get it treated. And it just simmers in your body for like a week and so then it developed to a medieval like plague disease and then i was just i remember being in my room for like a week just like i'm gonna die of the scarlet fever (laughs) i'm gonna gonna die of the scarlet fever and then thankfully i never had it but bacterial though so like you can really kill it off with some antibiotics it's treatable it's totally treatable but that doesn't stop me thinking from it'll kill me you know, yeah, <laughs> but it no, it's totally treatable. I had I remember growing up, there was some weird shit going on. Where one mm-hmm. time, look up fifths disease, fifths, fifths. I think I remember my hands were all like they looked kind of like that, and I was oh, like, "What's Christ. going on?" And so I went to the doctors, and they pull this out of their ass, and I was <laughs> like, "What's this?" Bro? Oh, no, that's <laughs> fifths disease, a mild rash <laughs> illness caused by. A parvovirus. I can't. I can't read. No, I don't even. I don't Parvo. Parvovirus B nineteen. I guess it's. Cl- I mean. What's her, It's what in are... the nineteen family, so yeah. COVID's oh, up yeah, there. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I had it on my hands. Realistically, now when I go back, sometimes I'll like have like a rash on my hands, and I'm like. It well, wasn't even a rash. I'm well, like, maybe it's just because I got hot and my skin just got yeah. warm. Well, but you know what like, I'm you thinking? have fifths disease. And... Well, you know what I'm thinking? Imagine how fucking optimistic early doctors were that they that the way they named diseases, they were like, oh, uh, this is the fifth one we've ever seen. <laughs> this is uh, disease five. And they were like, yeah, it's manageable. It'll be like 
maybe 10 max we've got you know one is throwing up two is the shits three is uh you lose your eyesight four i'm out of ideas fifth uh your hands get red yeah and they're like one two three four five that's easy we'll remember that and then smallpox and the black plague <laughs> came <laughs> and then, then it was they barrel rolled through that that was insane though like the oh, dude the plague didn't mm-hmm. it it killed it was like a third of europe yeah. I think. that's nuts absolutely insane i mean just one yeah Five years later, some 25 to 50 million people were dead. Yeah. That's a lot back then. Oh, my gosh. I mean, history just repeats itself. Really. Well, just think of how like how unsanitary they were back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So like, the only thing they had going for them was, like, space. Like, if you lived out in the boondocks, you were fine. But, yeah. Well, I just, I think this may or may not be true. I don't know if this is true. I think this is true. I've heard, like, the reason you shake with your right hand is because, like, before toilet paper, people used to wipe with their left hand, which is gross, nasty. Why shake with right hand? Traditionally done with your right. Oh, proof you weren't holding a weapon. Okay. Okay. I heard something about um, flipping off came Mm -hmm. from... It was either that or something with your fingers, whatever, if it was flipping off, it came from you did it and it was a way of showing that you still had your fingers so that you could draw a bow. Wacky. I think that they, so back in the day, they used to cut off your fucking middle finger or one of your fingers. So like, if you had it, you'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) Perchance I can strike you at 30 yards with my short bow. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Don't test me. In India, the right uh, cross. Wait, the what? Left is, yep. Yeah. As a, right across to the left hand was for wiping your bottom. There you go. Cleaning Called your feet. It. Cleaning your feet. And, and other unsavory yeah. functions. The more you know, kids. Well, we're uh, 10 minutes in and we know all, <laughs> all this shit. <laughs> we'll, leave the, we'll leave the medical talk for the. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, this whole year's been, like, just adapting, adapting, adapting. Mm-hmm. So you graduated this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. And where'd spring. you go to school? I went to UVM up in Burlington, Vermont, on the beautiful Lake Champlain. Um, yeah, I did seven semesters there. I did my first semester at St. Andrews over in Scotland. And, yeah, we graduated remotely. And then, it's like we were talking about right before we started rolling. It's like... Basically, the entire year has just been improv. It's been like, okay, new situation. How are we going to roll with it? How are we going to roll with it? And that's why I, th- I just thought it was so cool that you actually like started a podcast. And I was like, you know, because it's one of those things that, you know, there's jokes about everyone's like, oh, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. This is a running joke. But then like nobody does. No, yeah. yeah exactly. so, so then like to actually sit here, I like I'm here with the mics and the equipment and like you got Trevor Hannibal burrising it up in the corner. It's like the hype <laughs> He'll get man. too big for this one. It's fine. <laughs> He'll become a landlord and stifle the working man with his <laughs> wage slavery. And then <laughs> and then that'll be Trevor's legacy. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. One of the one of my favorite quotes, um, it comes from Steve Jobs. 
I think it was a monologue he did for a Stanford graduation. Yeah. And it was just talking about you'll never be able to connect the dots until you're in the future and you can look back. Mm-hmm. And just looking back from this year and connecting the dots, it's mm-hmm. like even if Corona didn't hit and like, listen, I'm not saying I'm glad it did because plenty of people have died yeah. and it's been awful. But Wretched. if it didn't, you know, I probably would have gone straight into the workforce mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have started this. And this mm-hmm. was one of the things I was pretty passionate about doing. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like I'm just kind of lucky or blessed to have that opportunity yep. to go down this path. And I'm like, this was what was meant to be, I guess. So yeah. we'll see, you know. Well, but. that's what I've just been encouraging, like, everyone and, like, close friends who are, you know, confused right now. I mean, I'm confused right now. Everyone's It's confused. so much easier to give advice to other people than actually apply it to your own life yeah. is the fun thing. Everyone's confused right now, especially in our age. I mean, when we were in high school, we were just coming off the end of the biggest economic collapse and depression in this country we'd seen. And now we're entering the workforce in the second biggest one, which might be worse than the 2008 yeah. one when all said and done. And so it's just been so chaotic for people our age, but like, especially this year, just anyone I've been, who's, you know, talked about, you know, what are you doing after graduation? Or, you know, they're a senior in college or whatever it is, or especially if they're in high school right now, it's like really, truly, we have some time right now where the expectations for what you should be doing are so irrelevant. And like, there's so much more that people are worrying about and focusing on that they're not like, you know, judging whatever you're doing that I'm like, really, what is it you've always sort of been like knowing you've wanted to try and just try it. Exactly. Who cares? Try it. You couldn't have word that any, like any more perfect because the way I see it is, yeah, it's almost like we've put a pause on our normal everyday Uh lives. Uh And instead of getting, I said this a couple um, of episodes ago. I was interviewing my aunt, and I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like we just, as soon as we come out of college, we're like we're like horses. We get these blinders, yep. and it's just go to work every day, find a job in corporate America, yep. and just you're just plugged into this machine, and people can't find their way out of it. Yep. And so right now, it's almost like we have a nice kind of step out of reality, and it's yep. like, what do you want to do? Try like this is the perfect time to try whatever you want and just go with it. Uh-huh. And another thing, like we talked about before the show too, is like don't just give up immediately because nope. it's you're not getting either fame or mm-hmm. listens or whatever it is. You know, you mm-hmm. can just build it up. Now's the time to like fuck off and figure it out. Nobody's paying attention. Exactly. So you just it's it's. I think it's so much better, honestly. I mean, you look at all the people who, like, got big one-hit wonders or child stars or whatever, and how many of them burn out. It's because you get, artistically speaking, like, you know, you can get big off of one moment, but then if you don't have the chops or the experience or the training in that field, it's not repeatable. Mm -hmm. And so then the success is based off of a lucky moment. And if you don't have any grounding to build that off of, every single time you try to do something, you have to hope you get lucky again or you're starting from ground zero, which is like, I mean, right now it's learn to play guitar in your room. It's going to be bad. I mean, you're going to be bad the first three years you start playing. Maybe quicker, you know, more or less. And bad's a harsh term, but 
like nobody just picks up a pen and writes a poem and it's you know brilliant Great. except like i'm pretty sure marie shelley wrote frankenstein at like 17 or something absurd <laughs> and it's like one of the best books i've ever read so you know then you have the stupid assholes like that yeah mozart who was playing like blindfolded backwards like from age six you know so you get the stupid people throughout history who do that well so one of the things that i i heard i was reading um outliers by oh god pull that up trevor i should know yeah, that's familiar Outliers by M- oh Malcolm Gladwell, Malcolm yeah, Gladwell, yeah, 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 and it was the ten thousand hours yep, thing. Yeah, yeah, and yep. it was like even though Mozart was good at it, mm-hmm. uh, it's still he probably wasn't like perfect until mm-hmm. he reached his ten thousand mm-hmm. hours. And it was just talking about how long it will actually take to get ten thousand hours of a certain skill mm-hmm. in in your life, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a while. But when you get that, they say that. Everyone, if they put those 10,000 hours in, people have generally seen success uh-huh. and, like, great opportunity from it. Uh-huh. And it's crazy. Because for me, what it does is, like, hard work doesn't ensure success on a massive scale. No. But what it does is it makes sure that if there's an opportunity for you to really hit some, you know, success again in quotes avenue in your life you're prepared for it yeah and you're ready to meet that moment and oh who says this it's a quote i used to really love like in the beginning of college i haven't thought of it in a while someone says you know someone famous at like a commencement speech said i think it was actually steven spielberg said you know the universe doesn't scream at you it whispers and so you have to be really quiet and still to hear it and it's not going to, it's not, gonna, which basically to me, it's not going to be obvious what path to take always. Yeah. It's going to be very subtle. It's going to be over three years. You're just like, I kind of want to like place, I don't know. I want to play soccer. Or I've kind of always wanted to act or I've kind of always wanted to. And it's just subtly. Sometimes you go to bed at night and you just saw a movie. You're like, oh, that'd be fun. Like, I want to learn about that, whatever that is. And I just really loved that quote because it's like, you've got to find, a little bit of stillness in your life to see it coming and you've got to be comfortable enough with the quiet to allow that to come in if you because if you're just expecting this sort of firework spectacle it's going to be hard to find and so like that's why in this time nobody has a i mean we live in such a competitive culture anyway that i think people in our generation are starting to question and it's becoming a lot more normal to like collaborate or you know, friendships, almost commune style, you know, support each other's endeavors as opposed to being like, the way I'm going to make it is by making sure all my friends fail. Yeah. And so, like, because right now everyone's at a pause, like, the instinct is, how do I get a leg up? How do I get a leg up? But I'm like, also just, everyone's at a pause. So live in the pause. Like, some yeah. people are saying, you know, oh, my life has ended temporarily and I can't wait for it to resume again. Well, no, this is your life right now. So how can you make the discomfort purposeful or every day just a little bit more enjoyable? And so for me, I like tying it into my life at least, I realized acting was what I really wanted to do, not when I had like a really great day at the theater. It was after like two or three shows and I actually had some experience and I realized I would rather be miserable in a theater than anywhere else. Because you're always going to have 
bad days. Like happiness yep. is such a confusing thing and you can you can have all of the formulaic sort of variables you need to be happy and just wake up one day and be like, ugh, for no reason. Side note, that's why I love Hamlet as a play and why I think Hamlet's brilliant because it's the first piece that explores this idea of like, he wakes up every day and he's like, I have everything I need to be happy, but why the fuck can't I, why am I miserable? Yeah. And he's exploring it and it's, I mean, it's just a brilliant play for other reasons, but... I realize, like, my general overall contentment is just a little bit higher. My lows are a little bit higher. My highs are a little bit higher. My middle of the road's a little bit higher. And finding those things to bring into your life, starting a podcast, whatever it is, you just sort of go to bed some night and you're like, you know, I'm proud of the work I'm doing. And it just raises the the overall aspect of your life just a little bit as opposed to chasing just the high. Well, so I want to go back on what you're saying yeah. about um, the competitiveness. Uh -huh. And I'll say, like, I do like a little bit of the um, competition, mm -hmm. but there is a big thing in starting a podcast. So I know there's actually somebody that we used to work with that has a podcast yeah. and seeing them just start it kind of gave me that like fire, like. I want to be better, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you respect it. And I'm actually the best way to grow your podcast is by podcast sharing yeah. and getting them on my show yeah. and me going on their show. So, like, I think it's good to still have that, like, uh -huh. I kind of want to be better than uh -huh. you, but it's also, like, the I want you to come on. Yeah. Like, we both need at this young stage, like, we both need to help each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's it comes back to that's so interesting because that's almost identical to, like, how I approach acting and like the competition in that field. Cause you're auditioning for stuff all the time. I think um, this comedian, Pete Holmes, who has a great podcast, you made it weird, which I just think is so great. Um, I remember one thing he said on his episode once that really stuck with me. He's like a big goofy dad energy, like really sweet guy. So he's not like, he's the dorkiest, like least douchey sort of guy there is. And I remember him saying like, but even sometimes I've learned when my ego is useful and when it's hurting me. And so he'll, like, the way he says, he views it as, like, this monster over his shoulder who's like, oh, hey there, you know, Pete, you're the best in the world. you got to burn everybody else to the ground. Yeah, and, he, no. and he's like, sometimes that energy gives me a great show. And it's the boost I needed to go out there when I was feeling not confident in myself or when I was feeling I had just had like a bad stand-up special and I was like I need a boost and he's like and sometimes if that energy comes into my life in a place it doesn't need to be I'm having a conversation with my wife or something yeah. you go thank you buddy I appreciate all you've done for me but I don't need you right now and so it's just interesting because I think the ego is useful and that no it is like that I'll competition I'll say for the fact that for me at least is I'll be like, I'll think about with that other podcaster. If I know somebody my age that's trying to start a podcast mm -hmm. and they're going well with it. And I'm just like, I'll use that to the point where I'm like on a day, I don't feel like editing or I don't mm -hmm. feel like producing something, mm -hmm. writing down material to talk about on the show or stuff mm -hmm. like that. I'll use that in the back of my head. Like they're getting one up on you uh -huh. right now. Uh -huh. You need to go work. You need to be better than them. Yeah. Or it's also like like I've been getting up earlier just on the weekends, mm -hmm. and it'll be like that voice in my head that's like, they're up right now. They're, <laughs> they're working at this right now. What yeah. are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I kind of use that yeah. to that like level of fire uh -huh. that I need to continue. Because 
I think, oh, well, I did a bunch of research before, but it was like the average podcast when someone starts it up is dies at seven episodes. Interesting. Really? Yeah. People, it, once you make it past seven episodes, it usually lasts, but people will get to seven episodes and just realize like maybe no one's listening or maybe huh. I just, this isn't my thing, but it's like to seven episodes and then it's just like, that's interesting. And so I told him, I, I told Trevor, I was like, we need to get to seven episodes and then passed it. And we got to episode eight and we we're like, fuck yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's well, that's yeah. manageable goals too. Yeah. Realistic goals and attainable goals early on to build the confidence. Well, and yeah. Stuff I like mean, that. if you're going to start this, you can't just be like, I'm like, I love what I model or try to model of mine off of Joe Rogan's. I like uh-huh. Joe Rogan's, yeah. his interview style. Yeah. But I'm like, looking here, I'm like, I'm not going to make 10 episodes and be like, okay, we're going to make $400,000 off of one episode, <laughs> like the next episode. Yeah. No, it's like, we look at it. I don't know how many views we have now, but it was like, I, we got to like 300 total streams yeah. and I like cracked a beer for Trevor and I, and yeah. I was like, we should cheers to this. It's yeah. like, if you want to save up to like a million dollars, you got to start with one and mm-hmm. then you got to make it to 10 and then you got to make it to 20 mm-hmm. and then 30 and you keep going and then you'll have a hundred and so on. But you're not just going to get it all uh-huh. in one, you know what I mean? And, and the only reason to do this, like I'm glad to hear you guys are celebrating a little bit too. Like the only reason to do anything is to enjoy it. Yeah. And I think we forget that sometimes because in the pursuit of like, this needs to be economically sustainable. This needs to be blah, 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 whatever oh, yeah. it is. Like the reason to do things is to enjoy it. So like we got 300 streams. Let's, let's pop a beer and enjoy the fact that 300 people listen to us yeah. doing something, anything like that. It's like, you have to, otherwise the journey's just grim. If you're not enjoying the steps along the way. And like, also that's the point, a lot of people don't realize it. And they'll always say, like you said, um, I guess referring back to him, like he has everything, but he's not happy. Mm-hmm. You got to look at it from uh, building something up. That standpoint is like a lot of people won't realize that it's actually not the destination, but it's the journey yeah. itself. Miley Cyrus said it best. Right? Yeah. It's the climb. It is the climb. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Oh, that reminded me because I listened to your most recent episode. Yeah. Um, and one thing you guys were touching on was like the the death of rock and roll mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think you're like I think the only like rock band we've had in the last twenty years is like Imagine Dragons, and yeah. that's not rock. You know, that's like that's like it's you know it's, it's like, entertaining I think sometimes. Their categories is like alternative, alt. but it's alt pop, yeah. right? But have you listened to like any of Miley Cyrus's recent stuff? No, I haven't. It's good. Like real, and I've not. I always been like, I think Miley Cyrus is talented, but I I never was like, you know, I never listened to her music. I was never really into it. But then, like, I think she's starting to rebrand, and she's got a new album coming out in November, and I'm actually like excited for it. I'm like, she's covering Blondie. She's giving me like Pat Benatar vibes yes. right now. Yes. Pat Benatar, a little bit of Janis Joplin when she starts to like scream in her yeah. voice, and she's got the voice for it too. Dude, it was it's so good. weird. I listened to um, Joe Rogan's podcast with her, and I've, I haven't heard her voice in a while, and she Deep. sounded like, like it. I mean, it's I raspy. was just like, holy crap, mm-hmm. it's really raspy, mm-hmm. and it's just very like you, you wouldn't mistake her voice for anyone no, else's. Not at all. Totally unique, and that's a big thing too. It's like. You know, be undeniably yourself, and it works in cases like that. She oh, is what's, what's her quote? Think I think you'll love it, and if you don't, fuck you. I sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
Fuck you. Go for it. Don't listen to my music if you don't like it. Easy. Oh, dude, I would definitely listen to uh, her zombies cover. Is it good? Yeah, it is. I actually, I've, I've, the zombies and Heart of Glass, I've had them both, like, I just downloaded them like a week ago. Probably listened to them more than any other song in the last week. Just like driving into work. Yeah, they're good. Like, they're just good, good covers. Are you going to judge me if I tell you who I was listening to today at work? No, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Ariana Grande. Hell yeah. And I, you know what I I realized today? I'm sorry to cut you off. No, was go ahead. she reminds me of a modern day Mariah Carey? Sure, that's they what both I came have to. The higher I... whistle tony sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. She's she's gonna release like a big Christmas album in like the next five to ten years. Yeah, I can see that happening for sure. Ariana Grande has some bangers. I'll give you that. Yeah. I listen. I have some on my. Her new phone. album is is different because. What I've been doing lately is listening to whole albums again because yes. I kind of feel like we lose our sense of how amazing albums are mm-hmm. themselves rather than just hit singles. Mm-hmm. And I always take it back to when my dad's like, you guys have a thousand po- like songs in your pockets, but like we always had to listen through the yep. album to find our favorite song when it was on um, fucking vinyl. Vinyl, yeah, yeah. thank you. And so I've been listening to full albums, yep. and I was like, Ariana Grande's was top, and I was like, all I'll right, I'll to listen it. to yep. it. And I'm like, it's, it's a, I guess they say it's a, it's a lot more flirty than her other albums, but <laughs> she, she's definitely got a, a sexual tone in her voice, yeah. and the the lyrics yeah. are definitely engaging. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm like, day two and no not November. <laughs> we gotta all right we it's covid it's 20 no not november <laughs> cancel that this year no 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 shave november yes that's on that's good no not november trevor, no, what did, not wait no trevor go back what did rolling stone say Rolling Stone say Ariana Grande's dirty mind takes center stage on her new position it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'll, have to, I'll give it a listen then. You know what she does a great... She does... Oh, she covers um the Step Brothers song. Uh, solo senor, he's going to parole, whatever. Uh, 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 the time to say goodbye. Uh, uh, from the end there where they're the like... End, da, 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 yes. da. She does that with um Andrea Bocelli. Do you know who he is? No. Oh my God. The Catalina so, Wine. The Catalina Wine Mixer song. It's the fucking Catalina <laughs> Wine Mixer. I, for some reason, do you ever just like, well, I'll finish. Andrea Bocelli, a classic Italian tenor. He's yeah. blind. He's probably got like one of the most beautiful voices on earth. They sing a duet together on that song. It's gorgeous. She's like, her and Lady Gaga are like two of those, like legitimately. Nicole Scherzinger does one with him too, of. Uh, what were they? The Pussycat Dolls? Yeah. They, like, there's so many of those pop stars who you don't realize are insanely talented vocally. But, um... Oh, I have one oh, for the you. Catalina Wine Mixer. Do you have the freaking um... I have this thing where I remember, like, really, really random lines from movies that I, I do, just yeah. repeat in my head. And, like, from this scene, for some reason, I just always... I always laugh at the the cover band is like we're we're uptown girl and we strictly do sixties Joel and it's like play <laughs> piano man and the guy screaming in the background that kills me every time we're strictly sixties Joel um, so stupid but it gets me every time so do you know who Amy Lee is from the no. band 
Evanescence. Oh, yes. She I didn't know her name, but I has love Evanescence. Beautiful voice. And I looked up because as a kid, like my uh, mom or dad always had like AAF on, yeah. so it would always be like rock. Yeah. And one of the songs that they sing is um, Call Me When You're Sober. Yeah. If you ever listen to the acoustic version of it where it's just her playing piano to it, her voice. It's insane. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to talk about this on the podcast, but I don't know who to talk about it to. <laughs> oh, I, I shouldn't. Oh, I love she, It's voice. really good. I love, I'm a, I love Evanescence. That one song. Oh, can you see? Yeah, Wake Me Up. That's <laughs> just a slapper. It is. Everybody knows that. I use that. Oh, I can't remember why. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just brought that song up, actually. I, I play, like, a lot of Dungeons & Dragons these days. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 recommend for anybody out there. That's a great quarantine activity and, and like, COVID. It was on a comeback before then, but I remember, like, yeah, that just came. I, I sometimes like to do, like, quirky contemporary Dungeons & Dragons games that I run for, like, people. And, uh, yeah, I remember running one for my family, and that song came up, and my mom was like, I've never heard this song before. What's this? And then, wake me up. Wake me up inside. (laughs) So good. Dungeons and Dragons. Trevor pulled it up. D&D. D&D. He's the Google master of the green room. Dude, Sean Connery died this weekend. Yeah. That was crazy. I wasn't expecting yep. that. I no. also forgot he was 90 years old. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Haven't seen or heard from him in like ages. So no. I was, And then I just woke up, saw that. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him really do anything since Indiana Jones. I mean, Dementia took its toll. Yeah. Not good, but. Oh, that sucks. 90 years is a pretty fruitful life. That's a good life. Yeah. That's a really good life. I mean, he's was he like the first James Bond? I think so. So like, he's certainly the one that everyone remembers. I don't know if he was the first, but like all the boomers are like Sean Connery is the true James Bond. Let's be real, that man was slinging dick back when Probably. he was that when he was James. I'm pretty Bond. sure he was like really handsome back then. Oh yeah, he was a hot man. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, definitely cleaned up very well. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Scottish, too. Scottish always works. Oh, Scottish yeah. accent. Those fucking eyebrows, dude. <laughs> People always made fun of me for having big eyebrows, but you know what? Sean Connery fucked with those eyebrows. <laughs> Bushy eyebrows are back. Yeah. They're on the comeback. Gentlemen, don't wax those eyebrows. Bushy brows are on the comeback. No Let wax November. No wax November. No, not November. They make one for every fucking... Yeah, they do. Every fucking month. Come up with something other than November internet people. <laughs> Dude, the internet's so undefeated. Just the amount of memes it generates every it's day crazy. is so insane. I was just trying to think back to when TikTok was first getting started. Mm-hmm. And just like the like the different trends that were going on in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like people can't even think of it now. I don't even know what the new trends are with everyone with all the dances but there was like few that like sometimes they'll pop up that i have saved i'm like holy shit that was a trend on tiktok yeah it's weird though i just i think what was it i don't know a couple episodes ago or whenever it was I i was talking to one of our guests here and we were saying that i felt bad for the tiktok stars yeah like, we were talking about Charlie D'Amelio, who's, like, 16 and oh. getting, like, 
what was it 38 million Jesus. followers and it's just like we talked about childhood stars yeah. a br- for a brief seconds but imagine oh god pulled the followers yeah we're gonna have to say it again i've never even 87 million people staring no at this 16 this year old is. girl that's why dance on tiktok and it's like how is like it's I feel like there's more of a chance than not for her to do a full Britney Spears. Yeah. And just lose her shit. Talk, Britney Spears got slandered for that. And we, <laughs> like, nobody knew. Boy, she was totally in the right. On that breakdown, we're all, like, everyone coming of age. And, like, all we know about the world now, like, totally, 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 Britney earned that breakdown. Yeah. She got slandered because she was the first. She's the OG. First, dude. It's all gonna happen. Yeah. Especially nowadays, like eight. Okay, eighty-seven million followers, and mm-hmm. you're sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. That definitely blows smoke up your ass. Oh yeah. And if that She's doesn't do it, think about high. her parents, right? Yeah. If that, like, her parents, I don't want to like shit on. They could be the best parents in the world. Yeah. But eighty-seven million followers means that ad companies are coming uh-huh. for her, Easily. which means money is easily being brought into that family mm-hmm. and what happens when you're a parent that has a, a kid that's 16 years old that's bringing in like millions of dollars uh-huh. for you that's definitely gonna corrupt Ooh, you a little bit yeah what do those family dynamics become that's what like, i'm saying i'm the it's one like, making the money in this house gerald yeah like, to your dad <laughs> it's like you don't speak to me that way oh uh, it's nuts. messed up it's terrible that's nuts i hate I'm a, I'm my like, my like crotchety old boomer takes. I hate TikTok. Never been on it. So, you know, no reason to hate it. For some reason, hate TikTok, hate Fortnite. Probably because I remember when I, like, when I used to substitute teach, all the like eighth grade was, hey, Mr. Chu, you play Fortnite? You play Fortnite? No, fuck off. No, I don't. (laughs) And they were just so, for some reason, Fortnite, TikTok. Yeah, those are my two boomer takes. What's terrible is that it's like, uh, all that stuff is generated for the younger kids that oh, are talking yeah. about it. And it's so, like, social media. Like, have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? No. People have been telling oh, me to watch it. You need to yeah. watch it. It's It's grim, I bet. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. And I listened to the guy who directed it was on JRE, and I listened to him. And one of the things that he said that kind of scared me right now yeah. during this time was – if you think of all the security the United States has, uh-huh. we have if somebody wanted to get on a plane, they would get stopped yeah. coming into the country. If they wanted to fly uh, a plane over, they would get stopped. Yeah. If they had a bomb, they wanted to shoot over here and get shot down. But we don't have the security to stop someone from logging in in Russia yeah. or China right now. Yeah. And pretending like they're an American. Yeah. And doing actions and different stuff like they're a citizen. And evidently we don't have enough security to keep Jeffrey Epstein alive. (laughs) (laughs) Come after me, CIA. I know. Oh, dude, we can talk about Epstein. I've been waiting for this moment. It's like, you know what? Those in case of fire, like in case of emergency (laughs) things. Like it's like, who's ready to talk about Epstein? Well, speaking of things to watch, two things while you're thinking about social media. Have you seen Don't Fuck With Cats? Yes. Yes. That was freaky. That's like an internet. Anyone who hasn't seen Dude, it, that I gave won't me spoil chills. it. No, that freaked me out. That is a very creepy internet 
Um, well, first Internet of all, yeah, trigger warning. Yeah. There is footage of like an heinous animal abuse, so I had to look away from that. But like, you'll you'll understand when it's coming, so you can look away. But dude, that's it's a crazy. Up crazy like serial killer on the run internet how social they media, figured that out too going through the pictures Nuts. and being able to be like look at that gas station Nuts. on the back way like, too much oh, time on your hands wait i mean these people I mean, had good no, for them they, they had stopped no a serial lives. killer but that's that's no lives that, that's like the same that's almost as crazy as the um how they caught the golden state killer with yeah. like the whole dna like 23 yeah. and me shit it's like Nuts. his nephews what whatever it was however mm-hmm. they caught him i think it was his nephew or something yeah. his dna matched the golden state killer's dna from like the 60s yeah. partially yeah. so then they looked through everyone in his family <laughs> <laughs> and he's like 70 years old and he's like damn it i thought i got away with all that shit that's bananas uh that's fucking insane. Have but, you seen the the Epstein one on yeah. Netflix? Yeah, that one. I watched that a few months ago. That one's tough. Well, what's super like messed up about it is the they had to have gotten to these top notch lawyers and politicians mm-hmm. and all these people because when um, these victims would bring this stuff to court, mm-hmm. you could just see the other side was like, "Oh fuck," mm-hmm. like they're gonna bust us Mm -hmm. so then it was just so deliberate what they were doing to like hush away the case and put it away like what was that um who was the attorney general that just kind of like gave him like what they gave him a slap on the wrist and he could go to jail but then leave during the day yeah he would have to sleep there yep and you're like total slap on the nothing like nothing totally pushed it under the rug that's because eps no, Alan Dershowitz Alan is. Dershowitz. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, fuck. I don't know. What's his name? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you know the Florida. Yeah, he was yeah, the Florida. Because right? it was the Epstein was in like Palm Beach or whatever. Yeah, he was the. Yeah. He's in Trump's cabinet. No, he he was for a year and then he had to. Then, then like everyone was like, get this guy the fuck out of here. And so then they booted him from it. But. You know why? Because Epstein walked in there. I don't think it was Will, Will Barr. No, it was no, something no. else. Yeah, um, it was Acosta. That's who it Acosta, was. Acosta, yep, yes. Yep. That's who it was. Um, that's because when they walked in there, uh, Epstein's attorneys walked in there with Epstein against Acosta and was like, so if you don't give us a slap on the wrist, we're going to show the film we have of you with a 14-year-old. Yep. Yep. And he was like, oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> well... Yeah. <laughs> and that's like like the two well the two things I really just thought about from the, like watching that one was like the one for like I remember talking to some people who hadn't who hadn't seen it and then you know saw it and were like oh shit you know I always thought you know just come forward if something's happened to you because you know at some point the justice system should take care of that or mm. should take care of you and then you watch that and you're like not if they're rich enough. It just does not. Because you'd think, oh, the media would want to see, you know, would be totally like, you know, we finally got it with Harvey Weinstein, but that took decades. Like everyone knew what he was doing. We were talking about that before with like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. Everyone yeah. knew what they were doing for decades. And then it took that much time just to get those two dudes incarcerated. Um, but the thing that's so messed up with Epstein is. You, during that documentary, they show you, they're like, he had cameras in every room. They're cr- terrifying. And they can't find any of that nope. footage. 
and all the people that went to that island, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I every time I just say anything, but it's like Bill Clinton, yeah, oh yeah, was like, yeah, on record flying with Epstein to that island mm-hmm. like twenty something times. Uh-huh. Tons of people, Dershow. I mean, all of them. Uh, yeah, and it's politicians. Just like, you name it. Oh. It's scary. It's really, really scary. But where is that about. footage? And the one thing that I, like, heard, this isn't my, I don't want to say that it was mine, but I almost, like, kind of agree with it, is, like, he had to be, Epstein had to be some sort of, like, informant or something mm-hmm. because he had all mm-hmm. this dirt on all these politicians That's and all these scientists and all these lawyers. So if anything ever happened they could be like remember when you came down to old jeffy mm-hmm. boys island uh-huh. <laughs> well for me it's like we we based on the jeffrey epstein case alone we know there are only two possible outcomes for what the fbi is as an organization either they are the stupidest bunch of dumb fucks who've ever lived or they are really really villainous chicanerous people who were in cahoots with this because, okay, we capture a guy who's potentially linked to child pedophilia with hundreds of incredibly important people. Your one job, don't let him die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. You're the FBI. You can do anything. So I have to, so I, as, as an informed citizen of this country, have to go, okay, either... Our Federal Bureau of Investigations are the most incompetent dumb asses on the planet Earth that they couldn't keep priority number one alive. That's it. Just alive. Not even healthy. Just alive. Or oh, they, fucking... they killed him on purpose. No, dude. I'm, I, my, what I have to guess, or it was the fucking, it was the Clintons, if I yeah. had to guess, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Hillary with a gun. <laughs> just I think it was. In. Or some just higher power had him fucking. Yep. T- I mean, did you see the guy they bunked him with? Was like, look at look up his bunk mate. <laughs> it's just like this some ex cop, fucking massive yeah. dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're just some big guy. Who so, yeah, like, his cellmate. Look at this. Some crummy. Look, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> who is this guy? What on earth? Yeah. That guy's like on Roy. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah. So that yeah, there's our answer. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted him dead. They did, dude. That feels like years that ago. That picture, wait, go back, go back. Um, back to the images. Um, down the picture with Prince Andrew and the girl. Yep, that's a big one. Um, up up at the yeah, top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right yep, there. Yep. Have you seen his interview? Yes. And he was like so weak. He's like they're like, "So this is a picture with you and one of the girls." And he's like, uh, "I don't, don't remember, remember taking that." And they're like, "Well, that's you, isn't it?" And he's like, it looks like me, and he's like, "Well, I don't remember taking it." And no, it's like, like, "What?" It's just, it's just the, ch- it's the most childish defense. It's just the. He uh, called for that know? press conference yeah, for did. himself too. <sighs> Dumb. This podcast has just gone completely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll bring some levity to it because we could just share crazy ass stories. But I mean, I'm also no, but no, I, I listen. Epstein yeah. didn't kill himself. No, no, no way. obviously not. Um, I want to know what is it? 
Ghislaine, Ghislaine, Ghislaine. Yeah, what is... that feels like years ago when I mean like probably the only two good days okay I think we've had three good days since like quarantine started as like an internet culture it was uh Ghislaine getting caught everyone was like there's hope there's hope it was Jeffrey Epstein getting sentenced to like life in jail like finally or not Epstein uh Harvey Weinstein and then it was when Trump got covid those are the three days where everyone was like yeah <laughs> and of course none of them re- i mean good Harvey Weinstein die in jail okay that one's good the other two have amounted to nothing so far so you know we'll yeah. see i mean she's they got to have her in a room and they she must have so much dirt on so many people yeah. where they're probably behind closed doors saying like all right so like who are we going to have to give up cuz people know she knows something uh-huh. so they're like going through mm-hmm. who they're going to burn and mm-hmm. who they're going to keep safe mm-hmm. cuz they have so many people uh-huh. you can't even don't you can't look me in the eye and say that they're are so many people that if that name if those names came out you would be surprised yep not at all very little surprises me anymore <sighs> 2020 is just a total radicalizing year to realize it's a fever dream dude yeah, like i is. said earlier it's like a literally a fucking yeah. glitch in the simulation it is do and you believe in simulation this... theory no 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 i have some friends who are like Life is just, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Life is not a simulation. There's no levels to this that we're just leveling up in all the time. No, 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 no. I'm a very spiritual person, but not religious at all. Yeah. Not religious at all. How spiritual? Well, hmm. Well, it's like, I I don't, well, that's an interesting question. I actually, I don't, well, I don't consider myself religious because I don't practice any current religion. Yeah. But, like, Same. I really like, um... Honestly, my favorite principle is I remember the Dalai Lama was speaking like about just one of the core principles of Buddhism was this notion that why should you shut yourself off from any fountains of wisdom in the world? Meaning, why would we ask you if you found a beautiful lesson from Christianity or from gardening or from Islam or from playing basketball? You can adopt that into your life. You know what and that reminds me of? You don't have to say, well, you're not a Buddhist because you, you believe this one Christian thing. or you're de- It's like, don't shut yourself off from any wisdom that you find or any beauty you That's find. That's like the life of Pi. Yeah, I want to rewatch that movie. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. It's been years and years and years since I saw it. But I saw like a clip of it somewhere and I was like... We had to um, write a paper on it yeah. in... My, I took philosophy 101 as a senior elective, yeah. and we talked about that, and that was really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, here I've got one for you about yes. spirituality too. This is not conspiracy theory, but it's like, but it's lighter. It's mm-hmm. it's it's less grim than the other stuff. It's more beautiful. You know what's crazy? Look this up, Trevor, and people at home, look this up. Look up, um, like uh uh the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay. Uh, at Qumran, it was a site. Um, they are they are gospels from the Bible that were found in the 1960s. I'm pretty sure buried in the Dead Sea. The Catholic Church had them buried in like 100 A.D. You know, whenever it was. And first of all, that's just crazy, right? We talk about the Bible, which is you know supposedly like the sacred word of God, and then we find out well. 
the Catholic Church edited it. And so then that's just fascinating on its own. Yeah. But then the thing that totally, I remember this was like just a keyhole in a hole like moment for me, like was actually it was on the Pete Holmes podcast I was referencing earlier. He sometimes brings on like spiritualists and this person was talking about the gospel of Judas. So Judas, obviously, you know, famously the one who supposedly betrayed Jesus yeah. in the garden of Gethsemane. And, and, and we all know the story from there. So the gospel of Judas was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? It was one of the ones that the Catholic Church edited out of the Bible and buried. In that gospel, God, G-O-D, is written lowercase g. So not uppercase G, God. It's never uppercase G. It's always lowercase G, which sounds like a small detail. But what it does is it takes away God from being a single person. And what he references is God, lowercase G, is like the Force in Star Wars or is like mana in, you know, whatever it is and other different like tribal spiritual things like Native Americans believed in this sort of stuff too. It was the energy that flowed in between and through all of us. So when you then write out Jesus Christ, son of God, it doesn't mean son of person in the sky. It means son of the energy that moves all through us. And that totally makes sense to me. It's someone who moved with such grace. Because, like, do I believe one person was, pl- you know, like, first of all, another thing, quick side note, we'll get back to it. We want to talk about the most badass G in human history. It is the Virgin Mary. Why? Very simple. One, obviously she had sex with somebody. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Obviously. You don't get pregnant without that. She was so good as an actress she convinced the Everyone. entire world <laughs> she did not have sex with the person she was evidently humiliated to have had sex with. She was still a virgin and got pregnant. Oh, God is the one who made me pregnant and was such a good mother that she convinced her own child and everyone around them, you are the son of God and not well, Joseph the Carpenter. What's fu- That's phenomenal. Okay. That's great. Yeah. But let's take a step back at how bad of parenting that is. Because <laughs> then you make your kid go off and evidently get himself killed. Yeah, I've got himself killed at 33. <laughs> so. But before that, boy, he had a good run. Oh. He, I mean, he's. we still uh, talk about Imagine that being Jesus that guy. dude back then to be like, oh, yeah, like I had sex with this sweet girl named Mary last night. And she's like, I don't know what nope. you're talking about. Nope. God put this in me. Nope. Yeah. I don't know who you are. And everyone's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so then, right, oh, so then shit. coming back to it, the son of God, lowercase g, it's someone who moves with grace and who moves with just the loving energy of all that's around us. Like God is a flower blooming and you take away that sentience from it and you take away that there's someone designing my life for me and you just realize, well, no, Everything is constantly in an act of creation. Constantly. Yeah. And I think of God as like, I think of evolution as like lowercase g God constantly editing itself. And not in a conscious way, just in like, we are constantly, oh, it's called impelling forces is something I learned about too. It is, what is everything trying to be at all moments? And so it's sort of just cool to know that the energy that's in all of us is trying to be a turtle, is trying to be us making a podcast, is trying to be a tree at all the same time. 
and that sort of interconnectedness really Every, excites everything me. Everything is connected. Everything's connected. Every living thing's connected. And I wonder, then it makes me think, I've spent, in case you couldn't tell, I've spent a lot of time just thinking about, like, the Bible, because I just think it's so interesting, and tying into, like, all the work I've done reading plays and studying acting and understanding how humans work, um, and just, like, I've just thought about it, and I've had, of course, I'm not saying any of this is, like, you know, universal truth is just stuff that's interesting to me because then i think i wonder was judas the one who like betrayed jesus or did they have him whacked and then blamed it all on him because he was preaching a different story than matthew mark luke and john and the other people who said who had this very clear patriarchal system of what christianity should look like with uppercase g god and it fit the catholic church who as we know through all of their history, right? And I'm not saying every Catholic's a bad person. I'm saying the institution of the Catholic Church has done some crazy shit throughout history and covered up a lot of horrible things. And they've always been very rich in society and they've always had a lot of power. And so then I just this month had that realization. I've been thinking about the lowercase g God thing, Gospel of Judas for years. But just this month I was like, oh shit. What if I stumbled upon? Judas got set up. (laughs) He was Jesus's only true friend. And they, and you know, they truly, maybe not his only true friend, but he was the one preaching a different tone than everyone else in the gospel. And so they buried it under the ocean thinking, well, it's under the ocean. No one will find it. And we found it 2000 years later. And it just makes me go, oh my God, that totally makes sense to me. Literally. Like in the ancient times, we'd be like, nope. Okay. So... Attention, everyone. We hate to inform you Jesus has been crucified by the Roman Empire, probably in cahoots with the Catholic Church, and it's Judas's fault, that nasty one who is preaching all that bullshit, that all that hippy-dippy pot-smoking bullshit about interconnectedness. What and I was, was just like, holy shit. I just had that thought this month. What was the movie The Da Vinci Code about? Yeah. Was that all about finding where Mary Magdalene was yes. buried? Yeah, years Because I ago. remember hearing... So that was one of the things that I saw one day. I was came home from middle school, flipping yeah. through the channels, and it was like, Mary Magdalene's a whore. And I'm like, who is this woman anyway? So yeah, I, I think it's it. like they were trying to get like DNA samples to like see if Mary and Jesus actually had sex yeah. and had a kid or something which would be crazy yeah but i mean those i like the da vinci code is a yeah. good movie that and angels and demons is yeah. a really good movie but evidently i haven't read the books but my parents love the books so i mean i the like the fa- i i suck at reading yeah so why do you think that is i just don't put the effort into yeah. it i'm also feel like so i know that i just don't have the time to sit down because i'm slow at reading yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I got into downloading audible, which uh-huh. was like listening to yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. So I'll listen to some, That's some good. books here and there. Like I said, I was listening to outliers and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, if I'm not going to sit down and read, I might as well gain the knowledge somewhere else. Uh-huh. So I'm just uh-huh. listening to it. But anyways, other than this, what I was talking about with Mary Magdalene, one of the things I wanted to go back on was, um, how you're talking about some points of spirituality and you said star Wars. And I actually mm-hmm. want to say during quarantine and everything, I've learned two things and they're from TV shows. Hype. And, uh, art has lots of lessons. It's so it's wild. One of the things that I really got big into through spirituality was just, so avatar, the last airbender. Oh, 
That's right. I forgot you love that. I was going to bring this up, actually. I, I love that show. Love that show. Brilliant. And everyone does. Everyone with a brain. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people will say that it's a kids' show, but the lessons that they teach mm-hmm. you in that, and it's not like they're saying like A is for apple. <laughs> you fucking did it. No, like they talk about some serious spiritual mm-hmm. shit. So like when you said everything's connected, I think of that episode of them when they get thrown into the swamp and yeah. you get the big picture at the end that that one tree is almost like spread out across the Mm -hmm. world and he can find he's like everything is connected Uh uh-huh well trees and craziness right let's delve into nerd lore here right this is some info i got when i took my class on tolkien in college right so lord of the rings and the silmarillion and all that fun stuff so we found out recently in like the last 10 years that trees talk to each other. Yeah. Obviously not like, hey, what, you know, but through hormones that are released through the leaves and through the roots. They like, if a tree's getting cut down, it sends like signals through the roots of like warning, warning, and like trees will harden their bark a little bit. You know, yeah. it obviously won't stop an axe. I've or, heard of this, yes. But they like communicate through the leaves and they can, and so like, Tolkien was writing about that shit in 1910 with the Ents and the trees. He was writing about it, and because he was such a naturalist, it's like those people who are connected to nature intuitively, without knowing what the trees were doing. Like, it's not an accident that he just created this notion of the trees can speak to one another and and communicate with one another. It's like, it's just that intuition of being connected to the land in a way like that is just such a cool thing to me. So one of the things I think my, our last guest was talking to me, I forget if I kept it on the show, if I took it off, uh, it might've been said before or after too, is she was saying that just the energy that someone can give Mm -hmm. plants can feed off, allegedly can feed off that energy. So it was like, if, a plant knows a plant can tell when you're sad or you're happy and it can also tell when you're about to cut it down or you're about to like give it water yeah which is crazy well that's from we talk about star wars that's from uh rogue one where i forget the character but he says the force moves darkly around a creature that's about to kill yeah, and he can sense the. and i was just like ooh, you know that's true there's energy really interests me I think I think energy's the last maybe not the last but the next great unknown that science is about to understand a lot of cuz we barely understand I think understand it's a it. sense that we haven't unlocked yeah. yet. Yes. And I think one day cuz you grow up in this life thinking we have five senses, mm-hmm. right? Mhm. You know, there's more than that. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Yeah. You you can't just be like this is all we have like dogs yeah i talked about in the last podcast with my dog i think they have unlocked a little bit of that Mm -hmm. they understand that how did my five-year-old english bulldog know an earthquake was going to happen 20 minutes before it did it's 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 like not mythic like like they are in tuned to the earth's yeah interruption of normalcy and there are there are slight tremors that we can't feel that they definitely can feel i took a whole class on uh earth hazards this last semester that was before covid hit that was depressing shit and then covid hit, and it's like holy shit but like miles away they definitely can feel the interruption before the earthquake ever happens and it's just so interesting but also once you get to the point where you understand and this is what i love star wars for as much mm-hmm. as i hated the last jedi i favorite did one. you I'm let's s- argue i'm sorry <laughs> i i didn't enjoy it as much but 
when Luke was teaching Ray about how there is always going to be a balance. It doesn't matter what you do. You can't just you, you as much as you want to kill off the mm-hmm. Sith. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be an evil, and there's mm-hmm. or there's always going to be a dark, and there's always going to be a light. No matter what you do, and there's a balance. And so I think you can take that and bring that into um, our reality right now, and say there is always going to be good times there's always going to be bad times and i would like to say there's good energy and there's bad energy Mm -hmm. and when you know how to manipulate that and work through life just understanding that you're going to be able to get through life so much more easier Mm -hmm. because you just need to understand yes there's going to be some really shitty times everything's not always going to be amazing there's in my mind there's no such thing as a utopia there's always going to be an opposite um, action to whatever you just did. And there's always just, like I said, the energy going either being good or bad. So if I wake up in the morning and I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to go to work. I hate Mm -hmm. this. You know, that's just the negative energy me. And then I'm just like, well, you know what? Since this morning, just, I just didn't feel myself and I felt bad. I'm going to flip it around and understand that that was the negative energy. Uh So now it's time to bring in the good energy. And the rest of my day was great, Yep. you know, and that can go with the same thing. Think of 2020. I mean, it's funny. A lot of people are like January 1st, 2021, all our problems are going to go away. (laughs) Definitely not. Not even close. But if people start to just realize that you need to go through bad times to have good times and just the opposites and how there's always going to be a balance in life. I think it'll be easier for them to have just a brighter and clearer future. Yes. Well, it's because the darkness is always going to be within us, too. But I, I, I've always resist like people who look away from it. I think you should always stare it in the face because because if you actually come to terms with stuff like that, you can handle it better. And you can un, if you understand yourself that little bit more, whatever that darkness that's within us is, it's easier to laugh about it it's easier to not let it control you as opposed to letting it be this unknown thing that you're sort of afraid of in yourself but the balance without matches the balance within and i mean the energy stuff is just so crazy Uh, there's like a million things i could say but i guess i'll start with one thing that really fast i learned this a few years ago in a class on prehistoric archaeology actually it was the mayans their sense of time wasn't linear so like we think of time of course you go from we have a past we're living in the present and then there's the future right naturally that's how time makes sense to us on a linear scale it's almost impossible to conceive of this because our our core belief in time is that way it was either mayans or incans i think it was mayans their their perception of time was that the present the past and the future all moved parallel to one another at every single moment and so at every single moment the past the future and the present was constantly happening which is almost impossible to conceive of but like i think of ghosts right and stuff like that i don't think that there are you know spirits who've passed away that are now sentient like wandering halls but what i do think as we learn more about energies is that in your lifetime you can imbue your energy into locations 
right? Just think about like childhood bedrooms. Part of it is we're comfortable there. So we're like, you know, this is my bedroom. But it's also when you spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of your life in a place, part of you is in that place, I think. And so I think ghosts can also just be that energy left over still buried in the stones of a castle wall or still buried in our childhood beds that we spent hours in and it's and it's dogs or people like that energy is flashing for a moment that we have those sort of paranormal moments and it's not something sentient reaching out to us it's like things have memories memories. yes things have memories Mm -hmm. not just oh we don't want to talk about memories (sighs) where where do they go when they're gone where are they the cloud i don't know i think memory and energy might be tied like we're talking about like things physical things this table that we're on has a memory not in the way we think of it is in it remembers all of the energy that's been rubbed into it but like in the same way when we rub into other people if that's a thing thank god they completely bulldoze that apartment complex that jeffrey dahmer had (laughs) (laughs) because there's some dark shit that went on there well that's what haunted you can walk into a place and go oh yeah and not even know like all the stories of kids or dogs who might be more into like just entering a place and being like "Uh, uh, uh," and then you find out you know oh jesus well that was like the amityville horror too like that that house apparently before the lutz family moved in like one of the kids from that house had a complete mental breakdown grabbed a shotgun while his whole family was sleeping and shot them all in the head. Oh my God. And then they obviously all died and he went yeah. to jail, but then the Lutz family like moved in and were like, it took him 28 days or something. And then they wrote a book and made mo- like money yeah. and a movie off of it yeah. and all that stuff. But it's like, yeah, there's probably going to be a dark energy uh-huh. in a place like that. Dark like, are you kidding me? People put in really tragic energy in those last moments of their life. But I think it's like, when people rub into one another, like all the stuff before we even started rolling, like I remembered like five things I haven't thought of in years, six years. You don't think like everything else in your life, you need to have a muscle. Like if you stop playing guitar for six years and pick it up, yeah, maybe you'll be okay, but you'll be rusty. But like memories can literally just come back like that after six years. Seven, and out of, eight years, out of nowhere, nowhere too, not even just like bumping into people. Nope. The other day I had a memory and I always feel like, so traumatic memories will always stick with you easier to come up and one of them the other day i just randomly thought it was i was like six years old and i had just like a mint and i accidentally swallowed it after i was like i had it in my mouth for 10 minutes and it got like stuck in my throat but i wasn't choking on it it just was slowly going down and it felt like an hour before it was Mm -hmm. gone i remember sitting in the back seat and being like i'm dying Mm -hmm. inside and i was Mm -hmm. six years old and i'm like I don't think I have had that memory for like six years. Uh huh. And then it's just back. <laughs> Out of nowhere. From where? From where? Who knows? It's insane. I mean, our brains are only so big. Uh huh. So where? Here's, here's a crazy thing, right? So we think of ourselves as being in our head because that's like where our brain is. Yeah. So like, if, like, I don't think of myself as in my hand. I think of my hand as like over here off to the left. Crazy thing octopuses their brains are in the extensions of their tentacles 
Really? Not not in the head sack. So they perceive of the self as being their fingertips, essentially, to us. Okay. Weird. That's fucking weird. Weird. But I had this conversation with uh, Trevor and one of our other friends the yeah. other day, and they were, we were talking about why humans were um, the superior species of the planet and they were like the thumbs and i was like no the brains and they're like no we wouldn't be here i was like listen we wouldn't be here if it was wasn't for our brain yeah and like we were just having like a dumb argument about it or just whatever and i was like dude i'm telling you because if you cut off our thumbs our brain would still adapt to living life without without it and Mm -hmm. be able to move forward no matter what if you took off thumbs from humans whenever they started evolve which i mean talk about something crazy and a complete tangent but what what happened in those dark ages where we don't have anything written in stone about when humans started to like evolve past being just apes yep like what what happened crazy but even then if you just cut off our thumbs at that point we would have still been able to evolve our brains would have just gone through it you know what i mean it's yeah gamers would be dead we wouldn't have gamers anymore or we would just have controllers that wouldn't do thumbs you'd be like (laughs) that's that's terrifying (laughs) everything is exactly the same except Except, instead of a thumb we'd have a fifth finger it just wraps that's like something (laughs) that's like another dimension you find in rick and morty (laughs) it's like another reality the the reality imagine waking up in a reality where thumbs were never a thing (laughs) <laughs> all the stupid sh- we wouldn't have utensils we wouldn't have i mean just all the dumb shit wouldn't have it uh just one difference and it's amazing how different it would be holding a phone holding a phone that's just like you change any slight thing in your life and then the trajectory of it insanely different insanely different very strange i don't know if i i don't know if i uh like, I don't know if there's, like, a million concurrent alternate realities, you know? Like, that theory that there's, like, a... I think it's one of those things that, like, there technically is in the sense that we can make a choice in any moment. So, at every moment, there's, there's always technically a, split a billion possibilities. And, like, there's just the one that we end up choosing sort of thing. So, it's, like, one of those weird, like, technically there is, but technically there isn't weird mind sort of trick things. Well, I liked what you were talking about, how, like, the past... And the present and did you say the future, the future are were all, all happening, at the, same happening time. at the same time have you ever seen the haunting of hill house on netflix no oh, must watch this is it Halloween. good it's so good it's like uh, to tie it into avatar similarly uh the only way i can tie it in is that i saw like a little baby watching iroh's tale in the tale of bossing say oh. anything with sad dad energy kills me kills me for some reason, I think it's because I've always like just wanted to be a dad. Well, not can always, we talk? Like I, I it's like eighteen. Years. I get teared up when Zuko just goes into his tent uh-huh. for the first time after he hasn't talked to him uh-huh. for since oh. he basically gave him up and, and let him, him just yeah. Because it's so human. It was, fuck. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that even though Avatar, like we said, is. I, don't, I hate saying that it's a kid show because it's yeah. better than just a kid mm-hmm. show. It shouldn't be labeled that. But Well, I'll, I'll let you finish your thought, then I'll go in on that. Suko's 
just his transformation as a character it's brilliant probably one of the greatest redemption stories mm-hmm. ever told in a tv show even just artistically the while well, storytelling wise it's brilliant the Agni Kai between him and Azula at the end is just cinematically stunning. The colors, the orange and the blue, it's all gray in the background. The music underneath it is so, so, They so wanted good. to do, I think they did, um, yeah. whoever the creators are said that they wanted to do a live orchestra wow. to the finale. Yeah. To have stuff like that. I don't know how that it actually cool. went down, but that was just one of the YouTube videos yeah. I did on like, Avatar knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Well, to tie it back into what we're Tolkien, he, because like The Hobbit, some people said it's like, you know, it's a kid's, it's slightly, uh, you know, the way it's written is a little more fun and jovial than The Lord of the Rings. But he hates the notion of a kid's story. He yeah. hates it because he's, he like firmly believed you should never be dumbing down anything for the sake of telling it to a kid right obviously there's some things you don't need to tell kids about but he's like if you're writing a story and you're like let me dumb this down because it's a kid's story you're you're insulting and stunting the intelligence of the kid it's like speak to them truthfully obviously there's horrible things you don't need to tell kids but like the story in tech it's like avatar people who are 30 can enjoy avatar the same as an 11 year old because they don't dumb it down for 11 year olds there are some jokes for the purpose of a kid and and the form the is friendly for a kid but it's not intentionally dumbed down it, it, it's a story that's poignant told through the eyes of children really is why it's a kid's story is because the main characters are kids but it's powerful because i think sort of like you know kids can't necessarily understand every adult narrator story the reason some kids story when done really powerfully work is because everyone a kid and every adult above has been a kid so we have access to those memories and it's really powerful childhood is really powerful for even someone like our age like i still think about i mean all the time we're like god we don't know how good we had it back then but like you still just think you're like i get a little sad sometimes when i just think well child like not just childhood over in life but like cosmic on a cosmic scale like my period in this universe of being a child is permanently over and i'm just sort of like oof that's like 22 years that's if i'm lucky a quarter of my life oh yeah okay <laughs> and so like, that's why and that we're in our away? 20s right now that's why you need to be living in the moment and for yes. people that are listening to this right now like we said earlier yes with everything going on in life instead of and to tie it in with what we talked about with the good energy and the bad energy even though right now might seem like a shitty time and especially with I mean, we're recording this on the Monday before, uh, before the election. Oh, oh no, day. wait! It's Wednesday morning. I Kanye West is the new president <laughs> of the. This is crazy. And What's all happening? this shit's happening, and it might seem like the end of the world. And although everything might seem awful, you need to understand that there's a balance, like we said, and look at this situation as some sort of there's goodness in it. Where, mm-hmm. like we said, take a step, take a second. And just pause reality because it is paused for you. Mm-hmm. And just find out what you want to do and what you love and what you're passionate about and go fucking do it. Uh-huh. You have everything at your disposal. Now is the time to figure yourself out. And if it 
even if it's not figuring yourself out 100%, because like we said, no one knows what's going on right now. You're still pushing yourself in that direction Mm -hmm. to figure yourself out just by taking that second. Uh Uh-huh. I think it's something you talked about in the last episode that I was actually, that I listened to, and I actually was really, you talked about how right now you're feeling very comfortable in solitude or like aloneness. I can't emphasize how important that is because for me, that was my first semester of college when I went to Scotland and I was, I've never been isolated like that in my life to the point where like within three weeks, I knew I wasn't going to stay here. So I didn't make the effort to like, I literally for like four months did not flirt at all. Cause I was like, where I, I don't even uh, like, I was just like, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about like hooking up with anyone or anything back then. Cause I, I remember just thinking, well, I'm not going to date anybody. So because I'm going to be leaving in three months. So I like completely, I had three friends. Well, I had a few more friends, but I had like three of my buddies who I had dinner with every night religiously. Other than that, most days I wouldn't utter a word until 5 p.m. And I was completely alone. And it was really, really hard at first. But that period of my life has taught me more than about what I enjoy and like who I actually am when nobody else is around than any other period of my life because it's it's hard. But when I came back from that period of away where it was just me with my own thoughts for hours to the point where like when someone would talk to me at the grocery store, it was actually like, it was like more comfortable to be alone, which was a little scary. Oh, and I had to work introverted my way for fully. like a hard second. Yeah. And I've always been an introvert, but like I totally got to the point where I actually was so isolated that I detested anyone interrupting my isolation and I had to come back. I was like, a, I think it was Abby Haynes and Liz Palmer. When I hung out with them, when I came back, they were like, you're like a little feral animal. Like we're like, <laughs> we're like socializing you again. And cause I was sort of like, just, it was hard to socialize. Then obviously I like came back, you know, from whatever that place was. And that was extreme. But when I like went to UVM and I came to like an American dorm and I said, like, I saw so many people, I think for good reasons or bad, like not saying anything's bad, resisting being alone. Like, I got to text 10 people to go to the dining hall to get dinner. It was something you talked about, going to restaurants and eating alone. I was like, okay, Chase is going through something very similar to what I've been through it. Because I remember specifically seeing, like, they like people just would not go. Like, they'd be hungry in my hall. I could hear them yelling down the hall. Like, they're hungry. But they were like, oh, none of my friends are here, so I'm going to wait two hours to go to the dining hall yeah. just because I want someone else to sit with. I and, did that. I did that in college, uh-huh. too. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I understand why people don't do it because I did that. And I'll tell you, there were, at least from my perspective, I would see uh, attractive women walk by me and go into groups and eat together. And they would look at me like I was a fucking loner. Freak, yeah. Just because I sat there and ate by myself. Uh Or I would see the whole football team and they would look at me like I was different. Yeah. But one of the greatest, one of the best, I don't know, quotes, um, I'll paraphrase on this, but it was just... Einstein. Yeah. He would obviously be alone during a lot of stuff, but mm. say he was working with other scientists or whatever he was doing, mathematicians and figuring something out. I'm pretty sure this it was him and that said that every once in a while he would just want to be alone and go take a walk by himself. Mm-hmm. Just by himself, no one around. Mm-hmm. And if he was stuck on something, he would just go by himself and he would just think and he would go, 
what's going on mm-hmm. just talk to himself figure out what was going on in that moment don't let all this other shit that's clouding your perspective mm-hmm. come in and take over he's just like what's happening right now mm-hmm. checking in with himself mm-hmm. and i stole like i talked about it in the last um podcast but i stole the line from matthew mcconaughey made an instagram and one of the first videos he said was he's like you gotta check in with the m and the e (laughs) it's super cringy but it's it's wild it's true you gotta check in with yourself man Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what other people think about you cool like all these people looked at me and yeah i mean it can be a little upsetting like was i'm not gonna say i felt like a fucking king sitting at the dining hall by myself <laughs> while a group of fucking 20-year-old, 21-year-old girls that looked is, at me like yeah. I was a freak. <laughs> like, they wanted to give me fucking change on the sidewalk. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. What are you, the fucking Riverdale Cole spouse? <laughs> I Look at this stupid hat I wear. I, I'm not like other people. I'm weird. Yeah. It's, it's... I know. I, t- I was the same. I was the guy in the dining hall. Like, but it, it helps you grow and yep. it helps you understand yourself. Totally totally and you find a comfort with it and it's i think it ties back to like the universe doesn't scream so like if you don't give any space to hear a whisper you're not going to hear it yeah and so you just have to have that carve that time out for yourself and like an extended period like this could be and it's hard especially like it was easier for me to do that sometimes because i'm introverted and so i don't need to socialize to be happy i've never needed to then some people I know some people are just diehard extroverts who like quarantine was really hard because they really get energy from socializing with other people, but like studying abroad, yeah. I think is I think is so valuable. Finding isolation time is easily the most important thing you can do. But I like we've been talking because like right now is totally the time for someone to just like yeah, there's that thing I've always wanted to do, and you know fuck it, I'm just gonna start doing it. The pe- like now is the time for the passion. Well, take a risk. What do you have to lose? What do you think of this year? What do you have to lose? No, nothing. 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 It's, it's crazy because let me tell you, if I had to put money on somebody to from our community <laughs> to go out and make it big, I would say it would have it would have been you, especially back <laughs> in high school. And the fact that you are going. Like you just majored and you said theater, right? Mm-hmm. And you're auditioning for, um, would you go right. moving forward yeah, to grad school? Yeah, this winter I'll be, uh, yeah, auditioning for graduate programs to study acting, like get more training next level yeah, you know, and see and, where that takes me. And then I hear this and then I kind of just take a side note and I'm like, you said you're introverted and I think of like some of the best people or some of the more famous people that I like and enjoy is like, say take Kendrick Lamar or uh-huh. J. Cole as much as they produce these great things that are very social to a lot of people yeah. like their music, they're also introverted mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is going to be Caleb. <laughs> and I'm like, thank God I got Caleb on episode 12. <laughs> so when, when we're still a fucking mediocre podcast <laughs> and then Caleb's out in fucking Hollywood and I'm like emailing him, can you please come back on the show and meet some press? Hey, if that, you know, uh, that's the, when we talk about luck. We got you first. You got, you got me. I like always bring my hood with me. For sure. I mean, I'm not that that's like not even the it's total luck if like people get I just want to be I like I think it's like what we talked about is like getting good at something. I just really want to be 
good at what I do. Mm. And like, and it's, you said it's you want to have fun. I, I loved hearing that you said, if I'm going to be miserable, I'd yeah. rather be miserable in a situation where I'm just comfortable being yes. miserable. Then, well, that's what really, it took me years because like, I did no going into like coming out of high school. I didn't actually know what I wanted to do at all. I don't I think anyone just, does. No one does. And we like, that's a thing we need to talk about is like, it is fucked up to make 17 year olds and then make them feel like choose a career path. And you don't even have to, but they make you feel like it's a big deal. Everything you do is like, you got to get these good grades in middle school to get into good high school. You got to get these good grades in high school to get in a good college. You got to get these good grades in college to get like, it makes you feel like every stage of your life is cutting edge, vital, important, and you have to succeed at the highest level to get to the next one. And there's never a time in any of that process up to the point of choosing college or even in college unless you build it for yourself in high school, you're to a, discover yourself. In high school, you're on a, a completely different planet. Let's yes. be real. Well, you, you are live out, in a bubble. You are on Mars. Yes. And then when you graduate, they pull you off that planet and throw you into something new. Completely. A completely new ecosystem. Think about... I mean, like we both played football. Yeah. We both played football. Yeah. I mean... Think about it. Just sports in general, but football is more for us. But any sort of sports teams, imagine you were the star of the football team or the Mm -hmm. star of the basketball team or hockey or baseball, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden high school is gone. And you're like, what do I do now? Well, did I get any offers anywhere? Well, I didn't get any offers anywhere. What? Now I need to make a decision. Am I going to go to school? Like, what am yeah. I, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. So like, that's literally the best way I can describe of how you're in a bubble from our uh-huh. perspective. You're like, well, for the last four years of my life were so dedicated to mm-hmm. focusing on being this talent. Yep. And that's just gone. And now what do I do? And it's, and I think about it. I'm like, I'm probably I probably have spots of CTE from playing <laughs> That's yeah. the best I got from it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's just it's messed up and like you're right. We we have to make these choices at such a at at such a crucial time in our lives and I mean, I went to school and I got a business administration degree, but mm-hmm. it was sports management and now I'm out and it's like I graduate and now it's like sports are going to change for for right. good from now on because of Corona. Uh-huh. And it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yep. And I, all of a sudden, I guess I fucking just, you know, this. in a dream, this someone was like podcast again. Mm-hmm. It was do you myself enjoy doing this. Oh, I love it. Like and you said, if I was going to be miserable, I'd rather be miserable in front of yes. a mic and my laptop. Well, that's what, that's, that's what it ties back to. It was cause I had no, absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And I remember, Like, I also have the benefit in my field, like, my dad is an actor, so it is such a huge benefit to have someone in your household who has an understanding of what it is you're passionate about, just in a leg up in terms of knowing a little bit how to do those things. So, like, that's something, like, in this new world that we are forging constantly is, like, can we create a world where, like, the equity of opportunity is more equalized for people who have nobody... Like, the arts specifically is such a hard field for people to break into 
financially, first of all, but then if they have nobody in their life who knows anything about it, you have no support system. I and have it's chaotic. zero yeah. help right now with this. And let me tell you, that is probably one of the hardest things because you know how much input. I mean, trust mm-hmm. me, I love getting input from all my family members yeah. and all my friends on all this stuff. But it's like, you know how much input I get where mm-hmm. people are like, you should do this mm-hmm. or people aren't going to like the way you do that or yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, but how would you know? Have yeah. you ever done this? Yeah. Like one of the biggest things was when I first started out, it was like, you need a theme. Every podcast yeah, has yeah, a theme. Yeah. And I'm like, what if I don't need a theme? Yeah. Like I want to hit as many lanes as I can. Yeah. We're just sitting here having a, it's, this is a free form conversation. Yeah. We have no script. No. I, when was the last time I saw you? I think it was October 2018. There you go. I was thinking on the way. I think the last time at UMass. I think yep. we were both visiting UMass. There you go. Yeah. And we just picked it up like mm-hmm. that. Great conversation. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with that. There's your theme. We're chatting. We're yeah. having a good time talking about whatever we want. And well, this is an engaging conversation. Uh-huh. So there's your theme. And then there's other stuff. It's like, I don't know. I could sit here and continue talking to you for hours and hours and someone was like well maybe you should make the episodes are a little too long maybe you should make like part a and part b and i'm like well that's the thing about podcasts is it's not a song you don't need to listen to the whole thing you can take a part of your day pause come back to it when you need to later it's just like radio whenever you want it yeah and i can say fuck all i want yeah that's (laughs) the best part like, cause that the one piece of advice that like you just have to learn shit for yourself too, yeah. because you hear all the time growing up, it's um, you know, you'll know you found what you want to do when like, uh, what's the classic saying? It you it doesn't feel like you're working a day in your life. Yeah, you know, it's a classic saying. And for me, you I remember it, the you'll second never work show, a day in your life. Yeah, if you if, love what if you, you do. Love what you do. And for me, I think it was the second show I did at college. I remember before a run, I called my dad on the phone because I was like, I just really don't want to fucking run this show right now. Two and a half hours of blocking in lines. I'm like, we've art, we've rehearsed it for weeks, you know. Just one of those days, I'm like, what do you do? Because I had somebody in the industry who I could ask, who I trust. There's a but like, what do you do on days where you get up and like, I just don't want to do this shit today. And, you know, I remember, you know, he gave me the the acting specific advice about like, you know, you ground yourself in the actions you're doing and don't worry about the creating the emotions because that's hard to repeat. It's about physically just repeating. And and if you, you know, like the trick is, you know, say, you know, you're you're supposed to feel, you know, small in a scene. If you just put yourself in a ball like I'm physically doing right now, certain sensations will come. And the acting sort of follows from there. So it was just little tricks like that when I was like, I just don't have the energy to do it. And after that show and then thinking about the next one, I was like, oh, wait, because I was still not happy in the sense of like skipping up and down the aisles of the theater and being like, I'm on fire. I love this every moment. But it was like I would so much rather have a shitty day in a theater rehearsing in that building than at a desk punching numbers because i've had shitty days as a janitor i've had shitty days as a cook i've had shitty days as a expo as a legal assistant and i can attest because i've tried a few different things uh all those shitty days suck compared to the acting one how about this so like if you were to have a really bad day yeah and you had one 
option to do one thing to yeah. make you happy yep would it be to go and act yeah i mean other than you know like you know whatever personal thing in your life yeah. like pet my dog if it Exa- was like a professional exactly thing, if it was a professional thing so that's the thing if i had a shitty day at work you know what i want to do i want to come down here into Shoot the studio the i want to have a guest and i just mm-hmm. want to talk mm-hmm. it, it takes away this mm-hmm. is this is me working mm-hmm. in a sense but it also just takes away from the reality of what's going on. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's great. Well, it's it. just great. Because it, it's also like, you know, talk about not having a theme. I mean, how rare is it that people you haven't talked to in two years, you sit down and talk about God and all this crazy shit, right? Exactly. You don't do it. Because cause it's so hard, I think especially like since graduating college, because we talk about like high school and college, we are artificially put into places with people. And now that we've all been sort of cast to the wind, I'm realizing just how much effort it is to stay engaged in someone's life. Like, it's a lot of work. No, it is. To And you and we all have those friends who you're like, I can go without seeing you for six months and we're still tight. Yeah. Right? And, like, there's I think there's the brotherhood of playing football that we all have is, like, like the, the shit we've been through, it's like, that's always my guy. You yeah. know, that's, you know, you don't have to worry about that. But it's so much effort to engage in seeing with people and it's so hard but it's so like like anyone can do this anybody anybody i could text anybody i know right now and if both people are like you want to sit and talk for two hours and we could have this exact same conversation but people don't why because people don't do things you know for whatever reason but you've decided to take the initiative to do it and so now we're having this conversation you know and stuff like that Uh, exactly i mean like if i didn't create a pot if i didn't create a podcast and you didn't listen to it. Yeah. And then text me and was like, that was great. Yeah. This would have never happened. Never happened. Right? Never happened. Exactly. So the initiative, like you just said, of going out and doing something uh-huh. creates a lot more opportunities mm-hmm. to meet with people and talk to people and gain uh-huh. knowledge and whatever. I mean, I just gained knowledge about fucking you talking about Judah and how maybe he was <laughs> whacked from being <laughs> the inside conspiracy about that shit. The like, Sopranos Judas crossover. It's insane. It's it's insane. Well, people are just so interesting. Like they always surprise you mm. with like the shit they think about and the thing. Like I think one of the biggest changes in leaving a place like high school and college because we've just been sort of talking about that too is like I think one of the biggest changes from high school to college was like my example is always if I saw somebody skateboarding down the hall with like Pokemon pajama pants, eating like a jar of peanut butter, shirtless in high school, you, everyone would be like you know make fun of that person in college everyone would be like hell yeah brother i wish that was me (laughs) yeah because everyone's just like that person's doing them right now you know and so any like in college people start to just because we start to realize whoa we're much more alone than we thought yeah we've all got to figure out our own stuff and and we're all just sort of like respect anybody just doing them and and so it's just it's 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 stuff like that that we sort of take into this new world of like there's so many people like i wish you could do this with like there's so many people talk to anybody you know it's so fascinating to know i want that's the thing is i want the skin i want to talk to so many people especially on this show but it's like you said it's hard to communicate and i had to do an episode by myself because of it it's like reaching out to people and getting them to commit and I mean, our last guest was like, holy shit, like super nervous. Yeah. And then when people are like nervous, like, but I won't tell them when I like start to record. I'll yeah, be like, put on the good. headphone 
and start talking talk. to me yeah. and I'll start going and like, I'll just get them to talk for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And then when I can see they're comfortable, I'll kind of be like, we were, you know, recording and they're yeah. like, Oh, like it wasn't that bad. No. And it's really not, but I want to get like so many people on there. And that's why I like, if I had to say one, like how you said you, you you have your dad and yep. it's easy to get like the, um, kind of just the experience and the knowledge that you need from him when you're mm-hmm. stuck in situations. Yep. And I don't have anybody, and that's the one thing I can say. I guess that it's close enough to that is, and it's not. It's is listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah. and I'm like, when I get stuck with this, what I'll do is I'll go listen to his interviews with people he's talking to for the first time, uh-huh. and break down that whole episode and listen to like two hours of how this dude is just reading the person across from him. And break it down. And people are like, well, you listen to it a lot. But that's also me going home and doing my homework well, on Studying it. film, like it, in it, sports. Exactly. Studying film. That's that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a family member or someone close to me that has ever done something uh-huh. like this. So he's like my pod father. Yeah. Like I go and I'll listen to how he does stuff yeah. so that I can be like, okay, I'll try speaking yeah. like that. And I'll try playing devil's advocate when that time comes yeah or all you know what i mean yeah and so i've just learned small stuff and small like social cues like that too from listening to that and watching that it's because we can learn so much from like just studying the people like you know so here's you find a field you like you know who are the people you really admire in that field and then you learn like i remember early this was before i even knew i wanted to be an actor but like i think of this all the time first watching the dark knight Heath, Heath ledger. ledger yeah you're i didn't Heath think ledger you guy. were allowed to do that <laughs> it's like you just sit there and think you can like he breaks the rules in a lot of ways sort of because you're just i remember my mind being like early high school mind just being like like he's allowed to just fucking be sarcastic like that and and just uh, like i'm gonna make this pencil disappear ta-da yeah and it's like aha uh i think of the laugh all the time that entrance laugh because like the thing is like with acting i think the thing that is really hard to understand until you like do it a bunch is like you really just have a piece of paper with words on it. You think like you watch a movie and you're like, oh, it was clear to play it that way. No, but, but to you just throw the emotion laugh. and every, yeah. It, like his, his he maybe got ha 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 or he got like, you know, laugh. Maybe it was improvised. I think he improvised. I think so sure, too. Yeah. And you know, they have this line and he just walking in from the hall. Ah, aha, he, aha, aho. And I thought my jokes were bad. It's like, whoa. Like, you're, you're, I know he's interesting. Yeah. And it's, I remember just being like, holy shit. And so then that opened up my avenue of how I think as an actor. Cause I was like, you can do that. Oh. And it just totally opens up your mind waves to like just studying the people you admire. I think. And the... you see what they do. And you're like, I'm allowed to just, and it expands your breadth of what you try and play with the improvisation stuff is so exciting when you're an actor because the right you can never change the text like the text is god especially in theater but it's the because you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse for months and months and months 
but you do it so that it becomes muscle memory, the blocking and the words, so that you're truthfully, like in my mind, like the best way I can describe it, I actually, when I did, I was doing a one act of Macbeth, and I was playing Macbeth when I had mono. The only hours of my entire life for over a month in which I didn't feel like death was the second the play started and I was on stage. And it's because, one, the adrenaline, and it's like, I love what I do. But, like, I remember, like, literally, I'd be standing in the wings ready to make my entrance for the top of the show. And, like, hor- like my lungs were killing me. My chest was killing me. Horrible indigestion. I felt like my stomach was churning. My throat was killing me. And then the second I walked out on stage, I don't remember that at all. And, like, Macbeth's a grueling part. I did a lot of yelling, sword fighting, and stuff like that. Don't remember it at all. Because, partly, just because I love doing it and the adrenaline, but then I think it's also, like, you, a part of Caleb's there, like, the soul is there, but the personality and the and the brain is gone. Because so, it's replaced with the character. Yeah. So the soul of, like, what I think about despair and what I think about happiness is what comes in underneath the lines and the blocking, but the actual Caleb isn't consciously there because you have to be constantly living as though I am this person in this time and place in that moment. And so then when you're truly that person in that space and the other person in the scene is that person in that space, it's like a new sensation for the first time. So then you like improvise like, cause it's like, this is a well, first that's time. That's why they say like this. the Joker killed Heath Ledger. Yeah. He wasn't well, Heath. Yeah. He wasn't Heath Ledger. No. He was the Joker. Yeah. And, I mean, talk about an actual improvised part in that movie when he walks out and the detonation doesn't yes. go off. Classic. Great. He played that off so well. well and he's like, want... that's it. Cause it just fits his character. Stay with so it. well, he was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like pressing it, he's like, whatever, and then it blows up, and he's like, <laughs> he gets like the, his own like jitters from it. And he's like, ooh, because that's dumps when on. you know you're in deep as a character. Because you know, if someone was like less experienced, they'd go, uh, cut. They're like, this thing doesn't, this doesn't work. work. Yeah, and he's so in it that you're like, and it's part of you know just the technique in film. They'll say, you know, we keep the camera rolling, you know, sustain character for a little bit, then we'll call cut even after the scene ends. Just you know, to see what happens. And so we don't get an abrupt ending. And so he's just, but he's like, we wouldn't have had that moment had he just, okay, I'm, yo, yo, he's Australian. So he's like, trim on the Bobby. What's going on here? And then, that's Oi, this <laughs> fucking cunt ain't working. <laughs> but instead, this dog cunt didn't fucking blow up. But instead he stays in it. And we have that moment. Yeah. He, in this, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at that. Pace. He got in way too deep with like the method acting stuff, and you know, you start doing all the crazy drugs and like, like but he freaking rented out right a hotel room because he wanted to like isolate. Oh from yeah, his family. he isolated himself. And... He, he practiced the laugh in the hotel. Imagine being the neighbor. I think about this all the time. The neighbor of Heath Ledger on a million prescription drugs practicing. And you're just, you're in your hotel bathroom, you know, washing your hands. It's like 10 p.m. You know, whatever Joe Schmo you are. And you're just, you and your wife on a getaway, a romantic getaway. <laughs> from the wall the, at like 2 a.m. At like 2 a.m. A, a crazed, you know, oh my God. Terrifying. Terrifying. Chilling. Oh. But brilliant. 
Jaws is one of my favorite movies ever. Never seen Jaws. You've never seen no. Jaws? Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Never seen Jaws. It's one of those I've what? never even thought. Yeah. Yeah. I have a you few have of those. A, I'm guessing you have a nice nice TV in your house, yeah. right? Yeah. Go home this weekend. Yeah, when you have, <laughs> go home when you have a chance <laughs> and, and rent that, that beautiful thing in 4K. <laughs> And it's two movies in one if you watch how it's broken down. Really? Because the first half of the film is man versus shark, but on man's turf. Yeah. Because he's Brody's on yeah. land. But then the second half is them going out in the boat, and it's man versus shark mm-hmm. on shark's turf. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful i read the book afterwards and it's hey. actually it's it's good i i like the book it was a little more graphic there's some weird shit like chief brody's wife and um hooper had an affair and they're like yeah, yeah we probably shouldn't put this in the movie <laughs> so they didn't <laughs> but uh it was it was really good the movie's so good i could watch jaws is probably one of my top rewatchable movies wow. of all time wow and they had the thing the Talk about perseverance, dude. They had so many issues with that movie. Yeah. So the mechanical shark yes, broke I down that. so many times. That's got to be frustrating. And it actually made the movie so like so much better because in, they had more plans of showing the shark a lot more in the yep. film. But because they had to use the music and just the visuals of yep. the fin and not it's the iconic, whole shark. Man. It made it more scary when you first that first uh, scene, and he's fucking sitting there talking about movie lines that you say you just go on your head. That fucking him chumming, he's like they're yelling at him. Chief Brody fucking hates his life. He's like, yeah, why don't you get down here and chum a load of this shit? And he throws out one scoop, and Jaws's face comes up, and he's like, cigarette stuck to his lip, backs crazy. up. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Smiley it's a, son of a bitch. Like, come on, man. Well, that's entirely what theater is, too. And so that was many my other phone background things. for a while. That's that like, picture. That's a pretty good pick. It's shit going wrong and figuring out, all right, how do we make the most out of this? You know, low budget. We're in, like, show goes up on Friday, whether we like it or not. So it's like, you got it. You improvise. And, and, it, and it so often becomes better than yeah. what you originally intended. And it applies to anything in life. It's just... Like the, the the ability to sort of roll with that, roll and instead of just becoming sunk stuck in and frustrated when something goes wrong, is going okay. Well, this is the new reality. So the quicker I accept that, uh, how can I roll with that and then turn it into something that's equally beautiful? So, I heard one thing that was like um, Robert Shaw who plays Quint. And yeah. Richard Dreyfus weren't getting along with each other. Robert Shaw was like belligerently drunk. Yeah, the, like he was a, a lot of those old movie stars you was, find out were just drunk all the time on set. And so two stories from him. One of them was that there's a big monologue when they're out on the boat, which is probably one of the best rewatchable scenes you can mm-hmm. ever watch. Like I think in a movie, and they talk about they're going through scars they all have. Yeah, and um, one of them asks. Quint about one scar and he goes on a whole monologue about yeah. how he was on the USS yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so his monologue on that, apparently there's two takes of it, but the first take he's told Spielberg, he was like, 
I want to make up that monologue. So the first yeah. day he came in and he was blitzed. Yeah. Like <laughs> cocked. They said he couldn't even talk. Slurring words. And yeah. so he got through half of it, but then just rambled off and they were like, dude, we don't know if we can use that. So the next day he begged Spielberg. He's like, please, like, let me just use the monologue again. I'll do it again. So then he came back in and he finished it off. So you can go in that scene and watch half of it and see the part where like he's drunk because you can just tell in his yeah, eyes yeah, he's yeah. fucked. <laughs> and then the <laughs> last half he's like fine. And that's so good. But I guess him and Richard Dreyfus, who's Hooper, d- didn't get along. And so like he, uh, Robert Shaw would always be like pushing at Richard Dreyfus yeah. and he would be calling him a pussy and telling him he's a <laughs> shitty actor and all this shit. And so the they have the boat, the Orca. And I guess he kept on telling Richard Dreyfus he was a pussy because he wouldn't get in the water. And he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, people might like me. We climb up to the top of the fucking crow's, crow's nest, nest and jump off. He's like, I'll give you $500 if you do it. And he's like, he kept on doing it to Richard Dreyfus. And finally, Steven Spielberg had to come and be like, no one's jumping off the boat. We need everyone safe here to finish this movie. <laughs> that's nuts those so many of those film guys well i mean it's like stanley kubrick made oh, shelly duvall yeah her do life, that part hell. dude yeah hell. Well, that that one scene yes they did like what A 138 times, times something like, crazy suck, you're yeah terrible just killed her until he gave her the performance she wanted i'm like jesus man sociopathic but wendy makes a good honey movie. the love of my life I, so that movie is so wendy, good too honey Jack. The love of my, my fucking life. life. I'm not going to hurt you, Wendy. Put the bat down. Uh, that's such a good one. Oh, mm-hmm. That movie. I watched that in the beginning of quarantine. It was just like the best movie yeah. for cabin fever. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching. My mom comes in. She's like, are you sure you should be watching this? <laughs> <laughs> my, I remember reading that. Oh, I remember reading that book. I was in Arizona visiting my grandparents, my dad's parents. And in their house they have like a small guest room that's where my mom and dad would stay and they had like a pullout couch which is in like arizona architecture it's all one floor it's a big open sort of area so i i remember being on the pullout couch it's like midnight i was reading this book i was maybe in eighth grade ninth grade and i haven't read stephen king in a long time but i just remember being like really scared reading a book which is impressive like i remember having like minor help and I'm just sitting there, and I'm in the middle of a wide open space, and it's dark. So, like, I don't have walls to protect me. I'm not in a corner. I'm just on a couch in the middle of a wide open living room. And I remember hearing, like, the faintest sound as I'm reading this book. It's pitch black. And I was like, I think the door just opened. And so, you know, obviously, like, you meerkat, like, pop up. Yeah. And so I remember just being tense. Like, my eyes just could, couldn't really even see. I was, must have been using, like, a book reading lamp or something. And I remember tensing up for like four minutes being like, no, 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 if something moves again, there's something I nothing. So I go back to reading another like full five minutes pass. And then all of a sudden my dad reaches up from oh. under the bed and grabs my leg and says something. And I remember like being so scared and just thinking back, that fucker spent 10 minutes sneaking out of the bedroom just to get to me. He dedicated 10 minutes just so that I would, he wouldn't hear it. I wouldn't hear him moving to move that still and that stealthily just to scare the shit out of me. That's dedication. That's dedication. That's commitment. You know what's so great about that movie too is like with so much modern horror relies on the quick editing and the shock scare and the shock scare. 
how scary it is there's just one camera behind little little Tommy, whatever his name is, biking through the Overlook Hotel. And, Danny, yeah. and they take the corner so slow. And so you're like, oh, what's around the corner? Nothing. Yeah, just, Nothing. just the sound of him on that thing. And then he goes from like wood to carpet yes. to wood to, to carpet. carpet. Yeah. It's showing like not everything has to be that. Like we can create great things with like simple stuff. Yeah. Just a trike, a hallway. And a slow follow camera, and that can create if you're if you're committed to storytelling and character and stuff like that, that can create real fear, even more so than like obviously artificially. I call it like artificial. If I if you're just watching something and then I turn the volume up to a hundred and show something on the screen, you're gonna go because yeah. human, your just body's gonna be like a bomb. You know, it's gonna freak the hell out. But like that's just such a great just the the. Oh, it's just so good. That's actually Hill House does a lot of great stuff with camera like that. Talking about earlier, you should watch that show. They did. uh, Kubrick had his assistants write out. All work, no play play makes Jack Jack a dull boy. They all that stuff. They had an assistant write out like (laughs) two thousand pages in different. Like typewriter, different like. Have you fonts ever used a typewriter? No, they're fucking frustrating. I know. So, well, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. I, I could imagine. And so Jesus, yeah, a, props, a props person back then, they can't like a props person had to have just sat there and gone, "All working, no play makes Jack a dull boy. All working, no play makes Jack a dull." For hours, hours and hours and hours. Just for like two seconds, for Shelley Duvall to literally like look at three or four pages of it and be like. My husband's whack. That's such a scary. <laughs> that's so. Well, that's scary. The, that's the scene that she had to replay over yeah. and over. Oh. That's just oh, that always the amount of cigarettes she smoked <laughs> that day. <laughs> <laughs> she went back and just put like six in her mouth, <laughs> like a harmonica. Just um. Before we wrap it up, yeah. one of the things like you just said about horror, and I talked about it like two episodes ago, but I love the movie Sinister. Yeah. Always freaked me out. <laughs> that and one's There's up. some jump scares in that, yes. but I think it's one of it's the earned. better horror films mm-hmm. now. And I, I looked it up and they're talking about why we find it so creepy. And it was because you watch the main character watch those snuff films. Oh, yeah. And you see, it's not like you see the gore of those films. You see his... Yeah. Like, how he reacts to it, Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it terrifying. Mm -hmm. Because it's like watching yourself Uh in that situation. You're like, fuck, dude. Yeah. That's, it's like, I guess kind of meta. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's self-aware. It's It's... placing the audience in the main character's position. Yeah. And it's terrifying. It is. That movie's, fair warning to any, if you're really into scary movies, watch that whoa man that movie's messed up whoa man it's it is dude i watched that by myself yeah watch it by myself in 2013 when it came out i rented it on redbox and i was like hell yeah went up in my room watch it by myself slept with the lights on i think yeah (laughs) weeks months terrifying no chance oh man all right well we've been talking for Two hours now. Have we? Yeah. That goes by fast, huh? Well, more than two hours on our time. Damn. But two hours recorded. Damn. That's nuts. Goes by quick, That flew. That flew. Because we had a good time. That's the thing. we did have a good time. 
All right, Mr. Chu. Well, do you have anything you want to plug? I mean, I'm sorry you don't have any shows coming up because of COVID and <laughs> well, stuff. Well, you know uh, what? Stay tuned. Yeah. Because I've actually been thinking. I might actually be cooking up some, like, shows, some, like, small shows in the winter, like a small venue in Ashby, socially distant. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of people around here I've never since high school really acted for or with and stuff. And so we might be cooking up some small shows to, like – for people around here um so yeah i guess just stay tuned i think that's on the horizon and uh, oh yeah there's a few things that might be on the horizon actually stay stay tuned i've got some stuff that's not confirmed yet but um i've also thought about like offering myself up as like a you know uh like you know low-cost acting tutor i just don't know if people would like want that i don't know yeah but, so we'll you never see. know you never know might my, my, I might you you know so where could they find the any of this information oh just you know follow me on Instagram or yeah probably Instagram's where I'd post stuff like that most likely or the Twitter you know if you just search there's not many Caleb Chews in the world probably Caleb Chewbacca yeah we'll throw you up on yeah, throw Instagram me up on there for here all that fun stuff you know if you ever need me back to shoot the shit for 20 minutes 30 minutes I've got great we could have a crazy story episode crazy college story well now episode. I know uh I think I've found the person because my whole my whole big thing with this is I want to eventually. I know we were talking big on Tim and Eric, yeah, but yeah, low yeah, budget. Yeah, I yeah. want to eventually make um a like a just a production company yeah, out of yeah, this yeah. and have other podcasts and also um, maybe low budget sketch yeah. comedy. Oh, I've been thinking Lord. about that. So we'll yeah, so that's what we talked about earlier. But also, if I was ever gonna make a podcast on film. Mm-hmm. bring in hit the boy up yep well thank you so much oh, for coming on the show um yeah and i think that's it folks thank you yeah thank see you. you later thank you for everybody who tuned into the show this week it means a lot i understand that this week was probably a emotional roller coaster for you in general with everything that went down including the election but i hope that our show was able to take your mind off of everything going on in life for a second and maybe even teach you a thing or two about yourself. So if you guys would like, go follow us on Instagram for more information and content on our episodes. And always, if you feel like it, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. And until next time, guys, stay safe and keep moving forward. See you later.